For every year, this past week, we just celebrated my youngest daughter's birthday. Her name's Holly. And Holly turned 34 this year. So for every year since Holly's been born, almost without exception, we have traveled somewhere during the Christmas season. And in that travel time, we've gone to the mountains of Tennessee. We've gone to Branson, Missouri. We've gone somewhere that we anticipated we could have snow, the kids could play from the time they were small until now my grandchildren. So for the last several years, we go to Colorado somewhere in our winter vacation time, our getaway. It's, it's my time to be with them as a dad. It's one of the parts of my calendar that I block out and I don't let anybody take up and, and fill with space because I wanted my kids to have some time with me. And so we were, in, we were in Colorado just a couple years ago, and when we pulled up to the house that we had rented for the week that we were going to be there, we saw these, these tracks. We thought, boy, they're unusual kind of tracks. And we went on in the house, and we got in the house. Everybody was putting their suitcases in various rooms, so all of our family was there. And one of my son-in-laws come running out of the bedroom and said, I hear something up on the roof. And we went, oh, man, you're just hearing something. It's just something. So anyway, we just sort of played it off. And so it went on for a day. We kept seeing these tracks. We kept hearing something. So a day later, we're talking to this man down the road who was involved in a business. And we were telling him we saw these tracks. And he said to us, he said, yeah, we've been having trouble with a mountain lion getting up on top of that house and staying next or close to where the the heat comes off of the fireplace and off of the rooms because it's so cold, it'd been like 10 degrees to zero. And he said, the mountain lion's been climbing up on that roof. Now, you know what? We, we saw signs that something was there, but we didn't pay any attention to it. We just sort of passed it off. So the next day we were, we were out riding in a sleigh, a horse-drawn sleigh. And as we were riding, I was sitting up front with a driver and the driver's pointing to me as we're going through the woods. He said, oh yeah, see right there, that, that's, uh, that's where a bear has been here in the last few minutes or last few hours and rubbed that tree. That's a bear rubbing. And then we went a little bit further and he said, see that right there? That's, that's an elk. An elk has been here and rubbed, rubbed up against that tree. And I thought, I would have walked through these woods and all this stuff would have been here. There'd have been a mountain lion, there'd have been a bear, there'd have been elk. And I probably would have passed right on by those signs and never realized it was present. Because I realized that oftentimes in our life, come on, how many, how many of you would recognize that we are not always attentive to signs? But yet what the whole world right now is waiting on is they're waiting on some sign that things are better. They're waiting on a news broadcast, a, a report, a medical doctor, a scientist, a politician, somebody to come out and give us the sign, all's clear, everything's well. I wonder how many people that are watching this morning, you've been looking for a sign for something in your life. Maybe you've been wanting to make a major decision. Maybe you've been trying to figure out whether God's going to give you a promotion. Maybe you're trying to decide whether or not to make that move. And you're just looking for a sign. I know there's been times in my life when I, I, I wasn't walking with God like I am today. And I would say things like this, God, if you're up there, if you're out there somewhere, would you just give me some kind of sign? Let me know that I'm on track. 
Has any, anybody ever walked with God and you said, can you just give me some kind of confirmation? Is there, I mean, blow a leaf, do something to let me know I'm on track. But far too often, we only see the signs in our life in past tense. How many times have I, in my personal life, how many times have you, in your personal life, made a decision, something went on and you went, wow, that didn't turn out too well. But then when you look back, you go, oh, that was there and that was there and that was there. I remember I was, I was counseling with some young people one day and they were a teenager girl and she'd gotten pregnant and her boyfriend was in my office and she said, I don't really know how this happened. And I said, I think you do. You were there. You missed the sign on how certain things happen in your life. In Matthew chapter 2, Matthew, who writes to the Jewish congregation, really, of the New Testament, he makes this statement. He says, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men came from the east, and they came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Watch this. For we have seen his star in the east, and we've come to worship him. We've seen a sign in the sky that makes us believe something's up. Where is he? Because we want to come worship. Isaiah the prophet said it this way. In Isaiah chapter 7, 800 years before Jesus was to be born, Isaiah made this statement. In fact, all of chapter 7 is talking about the chaos that's going on in the world and wars and people that are turning one against another. And he answers them and he says, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The way you know that everything's about to shift is the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Can I, can, I, can I ask you a question? How many times have we sort of approached God and the things of God in this manner? We've always we've sort of approached God as if he's always trying to play hide and seek or he's trying to play hard to get. That God somehow is being elusive. But do you realize what he said in his word? He said, I'm not really trying to hide from you. I'm not trying to hold out on you. In fact, I'm actually going to give you a sign. I'm going to let you know that while you're in your process of life, I'm already ahead of you. I'm already there ahead of you. It's the proof that God wants to be involved in my life. He gives me signs. He gives me information. So that while I'm on, watch this, so that while I'm on my search, I'll realize he's already searching for me. He's left evidence along the way that I'm working all things out for your good. I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but I feel this very strongly. I believe with all of my heart there are people that you've wondered if your life is ever going to turn out right. I just want you to know one of the names, you know, we talked about the, the beautiful name of Jesus. One of the names of God is that he's Jehovah Shema. He's the Lord God who's there. That means when I get there, he will already have been there. 
And guess what he does? Along the way, he leaves signs to let me know that he's already in my tomorrow because the steps of righteous people are ordered by the Lord. And you can be guaranteed of one thing. God is already in your tomorrow and he's leaving signs to let you know that he's made a way for you when there seems to be no way. And the issue is, will you see the signs? Will you see the signs? We're in the midst of what's called Advent season. Actually, the last couple of weeks, I've preached quite a bit out of the city. And one of the things that has amazed me is how few people, particularly in our stream of churches, have very little understanding about Advent and what even that means. And that's not a fault on anybody. It's just that we sometimes have not highlighted it to the degree we should have. But I think in the midst of a pandemic year, it's more important than ever. Because see, in the... In the historical church, in the historical church, for a thousand, a couple thousand years, the church has had a church calendar. It's basically gone like this, and it's gone like Advent started November 29th, the last Sunday in November, the four weeks leading up to Christmas. It's called Advent. And Christmas is on December 25th and the historic church would have never sang Christmas carols until Christmas day because Advent means coming or expected arrival it's something I'm anticipating that's coming towards me but it's not yet here And in the midst of my disappointment, my disillusionment, my pain, my frustration, I live with this anticipation, something's coming. Could it be that in 2020, one of the greatest things we as the church world could do is that we could learn to once again get up on our tippy toes in expectation and say, you know what, I've been living in misery, I've been living in pain, I've been watching death reports, but I'm standing on my tippy toes because I believe something is coming. There's something coming my way, and when it comes, it's not only coming for me, it's coming to me, and it will strengthen me in the midst of my journey. And I want to challenge you today, there are signs everywhere that he's coming he's coming to you see the word that we use for Advent is actually the same Greek word that talks about the return of the Lord and there's a lot of people that have lived their whole life believing he's going to return one day in the clouds I believe that I believe wholeheartedly that Acts chapter 1 says as he has gone so shall he return I believe Jesus is going to return to the earth But you know what? I believe before he comes in the culmination of all things, he's coming to my house in the middle of my troubles. He's coming to my family in the middle of our need for an appointment or an open door. He's coming to us just like he comes for us. So here's what happens. Lots of times we see the signs, but we we get stuck. I mean... I don't know how many of you have ever been to the San Francisco airport, but if you ever rent a car at San Francisco airport, to get out of there, you feel like every exit sign just leads you in a circle. You'd go out here, and you go there, and you go back here, and then you go back here, and you feel like I'm just running around in circles. You say, Bishop, I'm seeing signs, but all of my signs just keep running me in circles. Listen, the signs are in front of you to lead you to him who is coming to you. It's positioning you so that you can meet him. Watch this. Three things I want you to get today. Watch this. First of all, 
these wise men saw a star. Let me, let me tell you who they were. These wise men, or we call them magi, were Persians. That's modern-day Iran. So they lived somewhere in the vicinity of Tehran. And they saw stars. They were astrologers. So they studied the stars all the time. So in other words, watch this. Seeing a star was not unusual for them. They looked at stars all the time. But one night they walked out and saw the stars and said, there's something different about that star. Could it be, could it be that God is taking something you've treated very ordinary and using it as a sign for your life? Could it be that we've gotten so accustomed to looking for the spectacular that we miss the supernatural on ordinary things? Could it be just a conversation you had with a colleague at work that's a sign that God really wants to do something in their life? Could it be that you just had a nudge when you got up this morning to call somebody or to do a certain thing or to make an investment or whatever it is? And you say, well, that's just ordinary. I have those all the time. These magi had seen stars all the time. But all of a sudden, one got their attention. Maybe something like it's going to happen this week. You know, all of our scientists are telling us that in, starting on the 16th of December to the end of the year, two of our major planets are going to so align themselves on the low horizon every night that it's going to look like a bright star. I don't know whether God took something ordinary like planets and lined them up to make them a bright star. All I know is this. In the midst of what was ordinary, they saw a sign. And guess what happened? Here's the, moment, here's the first thing I want you to know. Their curiosity made them go on a search. Their curiosity caused them to go on a search. What are you curious for? Do you know what? Here's a quote. All of you in the, in the business world, in the marketplace, will understand this, this, this quote has been used for many years in the marketplace and in the world of innovation. It said, necessity is the mother of innovation. Necessity is the mother of innovation. If you don't believe that, you've been absent the last year. We've had a project in America called Warp Speed. And in less time than ever, our scientific and medical community has produced a vaccine to fight a virus in nine months that's never been done in history. Why? Because necessity is the mother of innovation. Most of us who wear some kind of athletic gear, if you wear some really light nylon material that you wear for athletics or, or to jog in or just casual wear, we don't even realize when that was created. Most of that was created out of the Apollo space program. Up until then, the only thing we had was sweatpants. But when the Apollo space capsule was about to go to the moon and they realized that those men were going to have to be in something that wouldn't carry body odor, that was lightweight, that could survive all the time that they were going to have in a capsule, our industries created material that could be very lightweight, would resist sweat, wouldn't carry body odor because necessity is the mother of invention. But watch this. If necessity is the mother of innovation, then curiosity is its father. Nothing ever gets created. Nothing ever gets experienced until somebody goes, what if? What if? 
What if we added air conditioning to automobiles? We wouldn't think of having one without it. I remember as a child the first car we got that had one in it. What if we created vacuum cleaners that could run by themselves and bounce up against the wall and redirect themselves so housewives could be free to do something else? What if people begin to ask questions? You with your own life, what if? What if I'd really trust God at a level I've never trusted Him before? What if I really took that step in 2021 that he's been leaving signs now for several years I should be taking? What if? Because if your search is going to take you anywhere, it's going to be birthed in curiosity. Because anything you're not curious about, you won't go after. That's why Jesus, when he told his disciples, he said, when you pray, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe. Because if you don't have any desire for it, you won't really reach for it. But it's when all of a sudden something sparks your interest. There's a sign that I can be more. I can have more. I can do more. I, what, 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 is it possible that really I don't have to live in this bondage? I don't, I don't have to live in this poverty. I don't have to live in these restrictions and limitations. What if I really did take God at his word? What if I responded to this sign? So these magi, who were very wealthy men, who were very astute, very well respected. And we say there's three. The Bible never says it was three. It was probably was a large entourage. It was probably a hundred people at least that made this journey. And watch this. You say, well, man, I'll go after it. If I can. can I have it by Thursday? Do you know how long? Do you know how long it would take to walk from Tehran to Jerusalem? It's almost 1,800 miles. It took them almost two years. And you kept giving up because something didn't come by Friday. They left and for 1,800 miles they followed a star. And when they got to Jerusalem, here's the second thing. Their search, somebody say their search. Their search caused them to seek an answer. It's not enough to say, well, I'm just curious. At some point in time, you got to get to the point your curiosity is satisfied with an answer. So what is God saying? What's the answer to my curiosity? And when they got there, the Bible says they got there and they came to Herod. And they asked Herod, where is he who's born king of the Jews? Where is this one that this star is pointing to? Where is he at? And Herod was like, I don't know. So he called for the chief priest and he called for the scribes. Isn't it amazing that even Herod, who is, was as wicked as he was, he was the governor of Judea. He was, the, he was the, the puppet of Rome. He actually dominated and oppressed the people in that region. But as crazy and as out of touch as he was, he knew that if I'm going to get answers, I don't need to go to the bankers. I don't need to go to the lawyers. I need to go to the priest. He said, somewhere in the word, there's got to be an answer for this problem right here. So their search literally led them to the word of God. 
And when they got to, the, to Herod, Herod said, go get, the, go get the chief priest, get the scribes, tell them to come. And so he asked them, he said, well, is there anything in the word about where there's going to be a king born? And they said, yes. It's been prophesied 700 years ago that in Judea, in a place called Bethlehem, to the most least and oppressed and disadvantaged people, there's going to come one who will become the Savior of the world. Wow. I don't have time to unpack this, but can I tell you something? The Christmas story is not about how privileged people have a lot of toys under their tree. The Christmas story is about how a lot of people who sat in darkness saw a great light. And about how people who were living in oppressed places all of a sudden found freedom in their life because God used disadvantaged people to bring forth the good news of the kingdom. God used a woman whose actual intimate life was questioned. So like our culture today. He actually used parents who were in slavery to be the mother and father of the Son of God. Mary and Joseph were not middle class citizens. They were subjects of Rome. And God said, I'm going to bring you an answer. And that answer is going to come as the Son of God. Because watch this. Your searching will always lead you somewhere. I want to show you a testimony of a young man from our house who went on a search, and his search had to take him somewhere. His name's Jimmy. Watch this. Let's see what God did. This entire month at the Gate Church, we're going to be telling you stories of people in our church family who's had their lives radically changed by Jesus uh, in different ways. And today, Bishop's talking about uh, the search for truth and the journey that sometimes God takes us on to find truth. I'm here with a very amazing young man in our church who really has been on a journey and found truth over these last couple of years. So, uh, Jimmy, why don't you tell us where your story began? Uh, thank you. Um, man, my, my story, I mean, uh, some of you might know this, some of you don't. I mean, I, I grew up Buddhist. Uh, my parents practiced Buddhist growing up. Um, you know, as a child, I never really understood what, what Buddhist was. Um, I mean, we had a I was forced to go to the temple um, every Sunday or so. And there was a lot of stuff that was going on that I never really understood. As I became an adult, started getting older, um, you know, I, I was, I didn't really have anything. People would ask me, um, you know, so what do you believe in? I was like, I believe in something. I don't, I don't know what it is. So my real story where it begins was actually in 2018 when I moved out here to Oklahoma City I mean, when I moved out here, I, I moved out here for a job. I didn't have any family. I didn't have friends out here. And uh, I moved out here and, you know, thought this would be a great opportunity for, for work to make more money, um, you know, to, to live a lifestyle, to have more money. But really, man, when I moved out here, it was by far the hardest thing in my life. Um, I, I dealt with a lot of stuff, a lot of stress out here. 
And uh, man, I remember um, I got to a point where I was just, I, I just hated so much living out here in Oklahoma that, you know, I just had, I had to find something. I didn't know where to start, man. Honestly, I actually went into um, meditation. I started picking up meditation wow. and uh, I had a routine that I would always meditate at night. So as time went on and things got harder, I started talking in my, like I would meditate and I would talk. And I remember one night I was um, so upset, so upset. And uh, I was, I was literally, you know, I was, I was praying, but I didn't know that's what it was. So I was, I was just talking. I was like, look, if it's God or if it's Buddha or if it's the universe, whoever's listening to me right now, like, I don't understand why I'm here in Oklahoma City. I really don't understand why I'm here. Why am I here? I'm having such a hard time living in Oklahoma City. You know, all my family and friends are back in Utah. You know, why am I here? Like, I was asking questions and I just didn't understand why I was here. And that went on for a couple weeks and I would keep asking, you know? So it got to a point where I was actually, instead of just meditating in quiet, I was actually talking. I didn't know who I was, who I was looking for, who I was searching for. So at what point would you say you went from uh, searching in your apartment by yourself at nighttime, uh, really just crying out to any God that would listen to when you actually started reaching out yeah. on a, a more deliberate search for truth? So I work with a lot of people that are believers, a lot of, a lot of Christianity, which was nice. Um, I have a good enough personal relationship with them at work to kind of ask these certain questions. And uh, I remember asking a few of the employees and a few of the workers, few of the managers that I work with, like, like I, I, I remember telling one of my managers one time, like, um, look, I'm talking at night and I don't know who's listening to me. And she's a big believer. And she's like, he's listening. That's what she said. He's like, she's, he's listening and he's, he's with you. I remember asking a question like, hey, so what's the difference between God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit? Like, mm -hmm. what is that? Yeah. What is that? I didn't know that. So I was asking a lot of questions where it just got to a point where I was like, okay, um, I'm gonna go to church. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try this whole church thing out. Like, yeah. I, like, there's something for me, I just don't know what it is. Yeah. So from there, um, you, you know my girlfriend, Janae. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so I remember asking her questions too. And now Janae explained she was not your girlfriend at the time. She yeah, worked on just, your team. Yeah, so Janae wasn't, yeah, she wasn't my girlfriend at the time. She was actually one of our employees at yeah. Progression. Yeah. Uh, one, of the, one of the many that were Christians. Mm -hmm. And I remember talking to her, just asking her a lot of questions too. But this is, this is the best way that she broke it down for me. And it's so simple. And I, I just wish everybody would understand this concept is that understanding God and getting to know God, getting to know Jesus, it's not, it's not a religion thing. It's not a thing that you practice, you know, and uh, it's a relationship that you're trying to, that you're trying to have with him. And uh, I remember to this day, she broke it down like that. It was so simple. And I was like, I want to go to your church. So yeah, I had Pastor Amanda preach. And uh, so I was like, okay, this is, this is where I believe I'm going to start, you know, coming to start going to church a little bit more. So there was a conversion moment. There was a moment that you received Christ. And mm -hmm. why don't you tell us about that? Yeah. So it was the night of the 21st of October, 2019, where Willie McDowell came and preached. Um, I almost didn't even show up that night because I was so caught up with work. 
and uh, I was so tired and I was like, man, I don't even know if I want to go to go to this because it was Monday night at the gate. Mm -hmm. And uh, so something I felt like there was a tug where I should be going. So and I did, man, I had no idea what to expect. But I remember after his while he was preaching towards the end of it, you know, you could feel there was so much love in the room. Mm -hmm. You know, there was so much love everywhere. And I remember just looking around and uh, I remember looking around and uh, I just said, uh, you know, I, I, I said, I want to feel loved like that. I want to feel loved like that, you know, um, because I'm, I'm still searching. I don't, I don't know what that love feels like. I don't know what that feels like. So I remember just, you know, I sat down in my seat and I was just praying and, and I said, Jesus, I want to be loved like that. So I'm going to accept you as my Lord and Savior. And uh, from there, yeah, it's a, it's been, it's been a, it's been a journey for sure. Yeah. I mean, my walk even before and um, where it is right now, there's just two things that, you know, I never stop doing is that I never stop searching and I never stop learning and trying to understand God. So this is my first full year in 2020. I know 2020 has been a crazy year for a lot of people, but this is the biggest blessing for me because this is my first full year walking with Jesus. And uh, he's done so many incredible things for me, man. And uh, there's just, I, I still have this fire and this passion that I'm still searching and I'm still learning, you know? Um, so, you know, I was filled with the Holy Spirit uh, this year in, in, uh, in February and I was baptized in water in March. And uh, yeah, man, just a lot. And it's, uh, it's, it's amazing um, in the season of life right now. I just have so many people that I'm around that are, that are Christian and Christians that are just really helping me with this walk. You know, I got mentors, I got, you know, I got friends in the church right now that's really helped me stay on track with everything and, you know, just really help guide me through things. And of course, you know, Jesus and God, and God is my main. Um, you know, his, his ways are perfect and he gives me the perfect direction, but he put people in my life for a reason. And, uh, yeah, this is the, this is one of the best times in my life ever, honestly. So Jimmy was searching and Jimmy went on a journey, but at the end of that journey, he found Jesus and, uh, and man, this guy is awesome. Uh, he's amazing. And I know that story is going to touch so many lives. And we just believe that people that seek will find. Bishop, we're coming back to you. We're so grateful for Jimmy's life. But here's what happened. Jimmy, who was raised as a Buddhist, moved to Oklahoma City, and his loneliness made him to be curious about, is there any reason I'm here? Is there something else beyond here? Is there something in my life that could happen differently? And he sort of did what he would normally do. He just began to meditate, and he began to talk to the universe. He said, I, uh, we didn't capture, we, we weren't able to, when we edited down, say everything he, he said. He said, I, was, I thought I'm talking to the universe. Maybe the universe is talking back to me. God takes wherever you're at. And when your curiosity gets sparked, here's what happens. See, in our culture right now, there's a lot of people that are curious about what's going on. But if your curiosity leads you somewhere other than to Jesus, it's a fake sign. It's a distraction. Because here's what happened with those magi. 
the Bible says that when they left Herod, they went and searched for him, and the star stood over where Jesus was. I guarantee you today, it doesn't matter what you're looking for. Maybe you're looking for peace. Maybe you're looking for security. Maybe you're looking for proper relationships. Maybe you're looking for some place in your life to know that your life is okay. The Bible says that that sign brought them to Jesus. Can I say to those of you that are watching today that are believers, maybe you're the sign. It was for Jimmy. Janae's girlfriend actually is on the platform. Her life became a sign to him. Maybe your life is a sign to somebody today that's looking for direction. I thought it was pretty fascinating when he said, I didn't really know what to do, but I knew these ladies were Christians, strong Christians, and so I'd go ask them questions. And they helped me understand and pointed me towards Jesus. That's what signs do. Signs are not the end all. When you get a sign, you don't go stand at the sign. When you go out I-40 and you want to go to Admirillo, you don't go find the sign that says Admirillo this way and go stand there at the sign and say, that's wonderful. No, the sign takes you somewhere. And I'm here to announce to you today, the signs that Jesus has put in your life are to take you somewhere. And they're to take you to him. And here's what happened. I want to challenge you today to do these three things. The Bible says, and when they got to where the child was, first thing, they fell down. They repostured their life. Maybe there's some reposturing that needs to go on. Maybe there's actually some humbling of ourselves. Maybe there's some changing of ways. Maybe there's changing of mindsets. But whatever it is, they repostured themselves. These were men that were used to being bowed to. And all of a sudden, they fell down. They bowed themselves. I feel like there's some people watching me today that your life has been one where everybody has catered to you. But maybe this encounter with Jesus is one where you're going to need to cater and bow to him. They fell down. Here's the second thing. They worshiped. They worshiped. They gave him the glory and the honor he was due. Can I say this to you today, loved ones? You didn't create yourself. You didn't make yourself. The Bible says we're the sheep of his pasture, for it is he that has made us, and we have not made ourselves. I didn't make myself. I may have made some of the mess that's in my life, but I didn't create me. I was born with purpose, and I need to fall down and worship the Creator. And last thing it says, and they opened their treasures to him. They worshiped him, but they opened their treasures. There's a treasure inside of you that won't make sense until you get to Jesus. And when you get to Jesus, you open your treasures because you recognize who it was for. So first point, their curiosity took them on a search. Second thing, their search made them look for answers. And here's my last thing. The Bible says that Herod said to them, when you find him, come tell me, and I'll come worship too. Let me just say this to you. If you won't be a part of the search, you'll never be a part of the worship. If you're not willing to search for him, you won't worship him. 
If you're not willing to inconvenience yourself to go after him, even when you find him, it's very unlikely that you'll bow down and worship him. So here's number three. So when, this, when, the, when the Magi got there, they saw him, they worshiped, they opened their treasures, and the Bible says, and when they got up, they were warned of the Lord to go home a different way. See, when you encounter Jesus, you don't go home the same way. When you encounter Jesus, your life doesn't stay the same. There were several things, and I'm not going to take time to explain all of it, but there's several things in my life that became signs of what God wanted me to do with my life. When I, had, when I had a major sign in my life when I was a young, young man in college, I recognized from that moment I had to shift my plans because you don't go home the same way. When God gives a sign to your life about things he wants to do in you and for you and through you, you can't return the same way. So today as we get ready to close, I just want to ask a question for all of you that are joining us online today. What signs are happening in your life? What is it if you look back, you go, oh, that's what he was trying to tell me. That's what he was trying to say to me. I didn't catch that. But yet there are signs still appearing to let me know. He's with me. He's got me. He wants to reveal himself to you. Here's what God said to a world that was chaotic. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. In other words, God's taking responsibility to put road marks in your life to let you know that he desires you. And he says, a virgin shall conceive. Now, how many of you know that doesn't happen every day? In fact, that's never happened again in history. God said, I'm going to put a sign in your life so clear that I'm the one that's reaching for you. So if you're watching today, I don't know where you need to be on your journey. I'm going to pray with you. Pastor Jay's getting ready to come. But I want you to pray with me today. If you don't know Jesus personally, I'm going to lead you in a very simple prayer because I think sometimes your journey begins. You know, Jimmy's standing in a worship service right over here with William McDowell and he just said, Jesus, I give you my life give you my life and his life was changed that can happen for you it may be that you need God to open doors for you that's never been opened before and he's putting signs to show you how because he will make a way when there seems to be no way and maybe you just need to say father I submit to you I yield to you Very simple prayers. If you don't know Jesus personally, I want you to pray with me. If you do know Christ, but you know there's signs in my life that God has more for me and God's trying to take me on a search for more than I've ever had, I want to pray with you today. If you'd respond online, our prayer teams are ready to pray with you. But let me pray for you. Father, I thank you today that you're at work in people's lives. Holy Spirit, you're reaching through the cameras today. You're speaking into homes and offices and rooms and cars and automobiles, wherever people may be. And I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit, you'll draw them today. I pray that they'll recognize the signs that you want to take them 
to the answer of their life. And as they go on that journey, I pray today that they'll find you. If you've never asked Jesus into your heart, I want you to pray this simple prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I'm asking you to come into my life. I'm asking you to come into my life. I receive you now. I receive you now. In your name I pray. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 If you just pray this simple prayer with me, I just want you to let somebody online know. I want to get you a book, let you know about how to begin a fresh start, how to follow him. But if you're a believer today, I want you, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray right now that you'll quit ignoring the signs that God's put in your life. You'll quit walking by the things that are being illuminated by the Holy Spirit. And you'll quit putting them off to future days. And you'll say, it's time for me to have an encounter with Jesus that changes my life forever. Father, I pray for those believers today that are walking by signs that you're giving them every day. And I pray today in Jesus' name that you'll direct them by your spirit to the very place you have for them and cause them to walk out and fulfill the purpose of God.